Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Belmont has, for some time, been pursuing the notion of constructing a new library. And the Belmont Library Building Committee has been pursuing, uh, for the first time, the actual development of schematic designs for a new library. The Library Building Committee and the uh, Library Board of Trustees just last Sunday, May 18th, May 19th, uh, held a public forum at the library to gain public input. And that uh, rebroadcast of that public forum will be available through the Belmont Media website, uh, belmontmedia.org. I have with me today Claire Colburn, who is the chair of the Belmont Library Building Committee, to talk about the new building and what it will bring to the community. Thanks for stopping over. Thank you. Uh, let's start and give a, a broad overview uh, first, some context. Uh, why do we need a new library in Belmont? Well, the building was built, the current building was built in 1965, and uh, that was when libraries were repositories for books solely. And that is still the case, but now we have so much more. We have so many programs, uh, nearly 800 programs last year alone, and those are far-reaching for the adults and young adults and children and seniors. Uh, we have support for technology, uh, databases and Kindles and museum passes. So there's so much more that goes on in a library now than, than used to. So it's not simply that the, the building is old and outdated. The building just doesn't, the new building, the, the new building is needed to fit the, the programming that the community needs and that's, wants. That's correct. It's, it's served us well for the many years that it's been there, but it could do so much more for the community uh, if it had additional spaces and, and support for those. That's what, one of the questions over the year is whether we build a completely new building mm -hmm. or whether we simply renovate the existing building. Right. Uh, can you explain why you reached the decision you did? Yes, so in 2016, uh, we established a feasibility committee and we did a feasibility study to, to study exactly that. Is it better to renovate the building? Is it better to renovate and add an addition or to create a new uh, building? And what was determined from the study is that new construction is the most prudent, most uh, effective way forward and cost efficient way forward. Cost efficient, so does that mean that the cost of building new is equal to or less than the cost of renovating? So Am I reading meaning into that? Right, it's a, it's a, it's a composite of uh, both being able to get what we want, what would support the community at uh, much better. Uh, so adding a, a specific room a dedicated room to the children's uh, portion of the library where there could be craft spaces and story time, uh, adding a maker space, adding uh, more terminals and computer areas that could be used for teaching as well as looking up genealogy. Uh, so in addition to adding those spaces and achieving uh, accessibility codes that we are not achieving at the moment, uh, with that additional space and the cost of renovating, 
that new construction is the, the most effective way. So what I think I just heard you say is, and it, intuitively it's, it seems to make sense, the, mm. the library serves all segments uh, yes. of the community. Uh, if we can, let, let's go through each of those. Okay. Uh, uh, let's start with kids, because right. my impression of the Belmont Library is that there is a huge yes. population of kids that, that, give served, uh, that gets served. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the new library, what is the new building provide that doesn't exist in the, the current building? So there, there will be more space. Uh, there'll be uh, than what we currently have, and there'll be this dedicated room that I was mentioning as well, but there will also be areas uh, like a toddler area with just kind of uh, more comfortable furniture for them to kind of crawl around on and, and more age-appropriate uh, items in that location. Um, there'll be more programs as well, so it's not just about the space, but the ability to, to bring people in and music programs and, and authors for, for young children. So. Now, would the new building segregate the, the children's space from the young adults and the adults? The young adults will have their own space as well, and, and the adults will as, as well. The adult space will be on two uh, floors, the first ground floor and also the second floor. Uh, let's think uh, of the, the needs of young adults. And when we're talking about young adults, we're thinking of middle school, high school kids or high school kids. Right, right, sort of teen, teen years, yeah. And what, what sort of space is provided uh, for them. When I think of young adults, maybe this is my age, I think of noise. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> what space is provided for young adults in the new building? There is usually a little bit more noise involved. Uh, uh, so I'm an architect and I've designed a number of public libraries uh, and some of them, they range, some of them have gaming rooms and some of them have uh, recording studios. This was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so you know, a little different interest uh, for their community. But uh, they're, they're a little bit more, uh, some of them are set up like a, uh, like a coffee shop with, with booths and a table, uh, like the old sort of place where you'd get a um, fountain soda kind of scene. So they're, they're more interactive that way um, and they're a little louder. So they're usually, they do want to be grouped with louder spaces or, or pushed so that they're not interfering acoustically with other, with other groups. So. And then the adult space in the new library, I imagine there are, are books and magazines and mm -hmm. newspapers. I'm thinking of the current right. library a little, but yeah. can you explain the the adult space in the, the new library? Absolutely. So there, there, there will be all those, uh, but there will also be an outdoor reading room on the second floor, which will be a really nice amenity. Uh, it'll be covered, so you can go out there when the weather is reasonably nice. Uh, uh, there will be a variety of seating opportunities, uh, a lot more power for people to plug in laptops and not have to string cords across the floor, which create tripping hazards, you know. Uh, and there'll be a number of meeting rooms, and these will be able to be used by all ages. So communities, uh, can, community groups can come in and sign out a meeting room. Uh, there'll be different sizes, sort of four-person, six-person group, uh, groupings of tables and chairs. Uh, uh, the, the teens the, will be able to come in and have uh, collaborative, um, you know, homework sessions. Uh, so the, these rooms will really be an amenity to, to 
you know, maybe not the children's, but everybody else in town. So. Now, when I think of a new library, mm. I think uh, a new library must be wired differently because it, it has to be wired for new technology. Can you talk about how the new building would serve technology or provide technology in a way that the current building doesn't? Right. So, uh, first of all, we have in the existing building, it's the original electrical system. So you can imagine that that is just not keeping up with our technological needs right now. Uh, so just gaining access to power and data will just be plentiful. Uh, also, though, in like the assembly room, for instance, it's currently very hard to hear in there. Uh, people have to be uh, they need amplification, but even with amplification to speak, it's, it's, it's hard for people in the back. With the HVAC system, uh, there's a lot of additional noise. So, so uh, that room will be treated much more uh, acoustically to support uh, actually a number of different venues. So speaking, but also acoustic music is a possibility. Uh, amplified music could be a possibility. Um, one of the things, just to go a little off track here, is that one of the possibilities for the library is to have an after-hours portion of it. So most of the library will be shut down, uh, but bathrooms and a large meeting room will be available. So there could be venues that, that happen after library hours, too. So things, uh, not now, a possibility. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, a new building, the new building, mm. Uh, will have space that doesn't exist for local history. I, am I overstating that? It, well, the space currently is up on the third floor and it, it's locked uh, and it's not, uh, I think it's by appointment only. So it's, I, a lot of people don't know about it. So it will be brought down on the second floor um, and paired up with the Claflin room. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so me more people will have access. And to can it. you explain what, what the local history presentation is in the new building? Uh, I think it'll be similar size amount. I mean, just okay. having it be on a floor where people are able to access it and be aware of it will be a, a big improvement. Uh, there'll be uh, access to the same artifacts that are available, but I think just its presence will be more more known and uh -huh. celebrated, so. Let's move from the inside of the new building to, uh, to the outside. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the library sits right on uh, the edge of uh, the brook. Right. And uh, the new library is really going to incorporate that brook. Uh, I think of it as an amenity rather than something to try to uh, avoid having it be flooding and the, the like. It is actually one of the things that really sold us on the architect, who is Odin Zello Architecture, and uh, Stimson is the landscaper, uh, not landscaper, excuse me, landscape architect, uh, is that they really looked at the site as seeing so much possibility in it. And I had, in, as I said, I'm an architect, so I should be I should have done a better job, but as I had always looked at all the constraints on that site, and there are constraints, there are many, but uh, the ability to celebrate that, that part of the Wellington Brook that is uh, at the surface at that point, to really um, bring it almost into the building, not literally, but being, having views out there 
and creating uh, walking paths behind there um, and purifying the water that is going to be running off into the brook. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing kind of reimagination of the, of the back of that building. So. And the space, when I think of the Belmont Library, I do think of it as being a constrained space. Uh, how do you fit, par or how do you plan to fit parking mm. on there? Parking is, always seems to be an issue. It is, it is. And so what we've done is we've moved the building over to the left, if you're looking at it from Concord Avenue, so closer to the pool. Okay. So that there's no longer a drive lane that goes all the way around the building and then parking on two of the sides. We've consolidated the parking. We'll have the same number of parking. Uh, we did look at increasing the parking and we had to do, jump through all kinds of hoops. We had to make a third story, which just wasn't a good fit for the building because we had to squeeze the building to get another drive aisle and then parking in, on top of that. It yielded very few additional parking spaces for a lot of extra asphalt. So, uh, so we'll have the same number of parking spaces dedicated for the library, but one of the things that's really exciting about all the changes on the new uh, the new changes that are happening along Concord Avenue are that there are lots of possibilities for overlapping parking. So, that so we, with the new ice rink and the high school and... That's right. Uh, we won't have to necessarily build the amount of parking for each of those entities, but we can share and overlap the parking so that uh, so we reduce the, the surface parking in town so, and still provide additional parking. So. One thing that strikes me about uh, uh, building a new building is that one gets to start anew in addressing sustainability uh, issues. Mm -hmm. And whether it's uh, energy or what made me think of this is parking. Parking, I associate with water runoff. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us what you're thinking about on sustainability? Yes, yeah, so we will, so to, to jump in on the parking and the runoff aspect, uh, we will be having uh, rain gardens that filter that water from the, the, the parking lots that currently dumps right into the Wellington Brook. So it's got all kinds of oil and, and uh, uh, impurities that we don't want to be polluting our brooks with. Uh, so those rain gardens will naturally filter the water through there. Uh, and, and that, sorry to interrupt, yeah. and that simply isn't possible at the current, with the current building. That's right. With the configuration, it would be, it would be expensive and challenging to achieve it. I'm not sure if it's impossible, but it, it, it would be more challenging, especially because the asphalt goes all the way around the of building. Of course. So. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. Can, yeah. you, uh, can you continue? Uh, so sustainability overall. Uh, we have a, a zero net energy report that's coming out tonight, actually, so, uh, and people are welcome to, to join our meetings uh, at all times uh, to, to weigh in on those. But uh, we are looking at creating a very sustainable building. Uh, the question always is, is how much is that going to cost and what is the budget? And so we've got to weigh all those options, but we'll have, we'll have a lot more glazing. What's the correct appropriate level of glazing, that needs to still be determined. But what that'll do is bring natural light into the building so that there's not as less of an energy drain on artif having artificial lights. Uh, but of course, the mechanical systems 
need to be a little bit more robust if the if the insulated glass is is extensive. So there's a balance there that needs to be achieved, and we're looking into those. Uh, we do have a full array of uh, photovoltaics on the on the roof currently. Uh, the the building is situated well for that southern exposure. So. Uh, Trying to think, what else? What am I missing? We've got. Well, uh, we're really looking at very holistically to see if we can achieve zero net energy. So I, I'd like to come back to your comment about um, uh, natural light. Mm. Uh, I think of natural light as not only having energy implications but having wellness right. implications. I, you're an architect. Uh, when we talk about a new library, how does wellness fit into the design and construction of a new building? And that's a, there's so many ways. It's a really good point. I, I mean, everybody wants to be sitting next to the window with a book uh, in a comfy chair, and we'll have a lot of those opportunities. Uh, bringing the the exterior into the building. It's not a literal uh, way of bringing it in, but uh, there'll be views out. In fact, there'll be views all the way through the building to the the back of the building where these uh, these walkways and and uh, where the brook is, so people have that relationship from the street, even if they don't even go into the building. So, it's uh, there's there's a lot. Uh, I think being able to go sit outside with a book on the second floor, where the adult reading room extends to the exterior, uh, onto this kind of porch condition, will be a really nice amenity. So, there there are a lot of uh, kind of wellness aspects brought in, but the main one I think is the the kind of community gathering connecting, connectivity um, aspect uh, that will happen with the new library, but especially with a, a kind of feature stair that we're looking to create. Uh, it'll be a gathering space, not just a, a way to get people from the first floor to the second floor, but it'll, it'll kind of widen and extend, so it'll be seating as well for people to, to meet there and gather there. So, really looking at a lot of these um, aspects of, of wellness, too. I'd like to change directions for uh, uh, just uh, a, a moment, uh, because as people drive down Concord, mm -hmm. some people's only exposure to the library and to a new building will be driving past it. And when I think of Concord Ave, I think of the, or at that end of Concord, I think of the UU Church and the Armenian Church. Uh, how would the new building contribute to the streetscape? It, does that yes, make sense? Yes, it's a it's a really exciting time along Concord Avenue with the with the high school anchoring uh, that end and and really solidifying uh, that portion. The pool, which is in at least for me, still pretty recent. Uh, the library. Uh, the Ar Armenian Center—they're all—they're all related now and connected, and and there's just some great synergies that are happening. Uh, one of which that comes to mind is the the underpass under the railroad tracks that's going to be right there. It'll serve the high school, help that neighborhood uh, be able to walk or bike over to the library, the pool. Uh, just I think there's a lot of energy, um, and again I mentioned the the parking relationships. So there's there's a lot of connection happening in that in that spine, if you will. And let's close the door and go to something that's a lot less exciting. Let's talk about money. Okay. The, uh, uh, can, what does a new building cost? Do you, do you have a notion of that at this point? So at this point, 
I'll, I'll go back a little bit for schematic design and, and okay. walk through that process. Uh, schematic design is a time to first just uh, establish the goals of the project. Uh, sustainability goals, aesthetic goals, programmatic goals, uh, what space is actually needed. Uh, and then what happens at the end of schematic design is that uh, those documents are estimated, in our case, by two different entities so that, that we can have independent uh, views on what the, what the cost would be. And you're not quite there yet? And we're not there yet. That will be happening in the fall, uh, early fall, late summer. And so then at that point, we'll understand the budget and our goals for privately fundraising with the uh, Belmont Library Foundation and uh, later on a debt exclusion. And does the building committee have a role in uh, figuring out how the money is is raised? Uh, we'll, the library foundation will be uh, spearheading Driving. that yes that that fundraising uh, campaign. Uh, so we'll be supporting them with the graphics that get people excited because now they can they can visualize themselves in that space right and they can they can uh, really engage with the building and it, it just becomes more possible once you can see it on, on paper and, and even with 3D uh, renderings and uh, VR capabilities. So uh, that, they'll be spearheading that effort uh, and, and they'll be the ones to decide really what's, what the capacity of the town is to, to be able to give privately. Obviously, the more we can get privately the better yeah. off for everybody, yes. so that's now, the goal. Uh, now, the, the library uh, just had a public forum. That's right. And uh, it, it, people had the opportunity to express opinions on mm -hmm. what they want to see in a new building. That's right. That to, was really the intent, is to get that feedback, because it's, it's a building for the people. So were, we, were there themes that you, you heard? So, so this was actually our fifth uh, public forum. Uh, we had three with a feasibility study and two so far with a building committee. Uh, people were very excited. Um, it was very well attended and uh, people engaged in the design. There were working sessions where people uh, commented and then reported back to, to the group as a whole. So really got a tremendous amount of feedback that's going to be incorporated. Some of the best feedback was from about an eight-year-old girl who suggested where we should uh, have stroller parking since the children's room is now not at the entry but further in through the building. So uh, we'll, we'll be incorporating those comments in the design so uh, that they'll be addressed. Looking forward, where, where do we head? Uh, what's the the timeline or and what are the steps between where we are now and where we will be when we have a new building? Right, so in the fall we'll be doing a final uh, community forum and unveiling the final uh, schematic designs and we'll have the estimate at that time. Uh, we'll be giving updates at town meetings so that everybody's aware there as well uh, and then at that point we'll have the budget in hand, we'll have the schematic design in hand and we'll start to be able to understand a time frame. Um, and time frame is for privately fundraising, what we can achieve, and when I say we, the, the foundation can achieve. Uh -huh. um, that, you know, really there's, there's diminishing returns after a certain point. Uh, once a significant amount of money is fundraised, has been fundraised, 
the, the cost of escalation right now in the construction industry is formidable. So, so the longer you wait to fundraise, the higher the construction. This is what I right. just heard you say. Yes. That, so you're actually losing ground. We, we will be, yes. So it's, and it's, it, it's a balance that needs to be weighed to you know, what's, what's the best for us and how can we raise the most amount of money without losing it faster. Sure. So. So uh, to, to sum it all up, if you were uh, uh, offering a prediction, when would you <laughs> predict uh, we're going to break ground? I'd like to hold off on that prediction okay. for just a little while longer. So a little teaser, because I, I think we need, to, we need to get a little bit more information, and then we'll be able to, to commit to what the time frame is. But we are new, moving toward a new building, and that new building is necessary in order to serve the the needs that you have uh, uh, identified for the community. Right. So hopefully it will be sooner rather than later. Yes, absolutely. That's great. Thanks for stopping over. This has been great. Oh, thank uh, you so much. It's great. You're great talking with you. We've been speaking with Claire Colburn, who is the chair of the Belmont Library Building Committee. And this has been a special edition of the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will talk to you again next time.